0: Hello and welcome to the quest for new inspiration. My name is Katie Mashler and this week I will be interviewing Kevin Weitzel from Outhouse. He is one of the hosts of the Home Builder Digital Marketing Podcast. And if some of you don't know, that is the other podcast that I work on. It is also co-hosted by my boss, Greg Bray from Blue Tangerine. And both of these men not only have taught me loads about digital marketing and sales, but they have also given me the chance to find my passion for podcasting. Tell me a little bit about you, first off, just for the people who don't know you. And I don't really know you that much anyways. You're just kind of podcast host, and I'm your editor.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm uh, currently 49 years old, father of two college students. I've kind of got a little bit of a Forrest Gump background. I come from an extremely poor family. My mother actually was i am a... I'm a first-generation American because my my mother actually came over during World War II. She's a Holocaust survivor. Um, so... She is definitely someone that motivates me, just you know, and we'll kind of go into a little bit more of that here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, she's a, a stereotypical woman that is, you know, starts off with, you know, great aspirations and political aspirations and wants to move forward as a professional in her own life and then falls in love with a man and then allows the man to do his thing. And that's kind of how it was in the 50s and 60s is that women would support the men as they were going through college or as they were going through their uh, professional endeavors and they would stay home and raise the children. You know, obviously the world has changed uh, to the better, in my opinion, where that's not the case as much anymore. But, uh, but in her case, she made a lot of bad decisions in life just based off of uh, following, you know, her heart, following her desire to be one with, you know, the people that she was with. So one of my major motivations in life, although she does motivate me and she and she's very highly she's highly intelligent. She has a degree from Western Michigan University. But she kind of floated from job to job to job to job and a constant pathway of the grass is gonna be greener. So by the time I was eighteen years old, she had moved over uh eighteen times. You know, so that's that's kind of rough, you know, on a kid. So I never really did get to settle down or hunker down any one one point or one place for any length of time. That being said, what it did give me the the ridiculous ability to do is I can talk with anybody. I can hold on to this conversation with anybody. Uh, regardless of the background, I can talk to you. I can have a good time. I can, I can, you know, welcome and say howdy to somebody. So meeting new people has never been an issue in my book, and I can thank my mother for that. The downside is, is that it really did kind of, give me a, a scenario in my life where I didn't have a lot of very wholesome, really close-knit friendships. You know, I do now, you know, my older age, but as I was, when I was really young in the, you know, sub-20s, uh, I, I struggled a little bit with having wholesome relationships. You know, there were very, a lot of superficial relationships. But when I say i lived kind of a forest Gump lifestyle, I mean, not only coming from a poor family background and having to do everything on my own, my mother relocated back to Kansas when I was out here in Arizona in high school. So I've been on my own since my freshman year in high school. So even though I had a full-ride scholarship to University of California, Davis, I made a couple of little mistakes on implementing said plan, and then I uh, went in the Marine Corps instead. Uh, so I did eight years as a garrison sniper in 8541, Even although they don't call them 8541s anymore, as a garrison sniper in, in the United States Marine Corps. So eight years there. Then after the fact, I was uh, heavily involved in wheels. So bicycles, motorcycles, automobiles um, for several, you know, my entire professional life until about the last five years I've been in the home building industry. But uh, there's a few factors that come into play as well is that my parents divorced when I was three years old and I struggled having a relationship with my father. It was a stereotypical, you know, divorced parents, you know, they only lived 40 miles away. You know, we lived in Michigan at the time, but they only live 40 miles away. And you know, it starts off where it's, I'd see him every other weekend and then it would be every couple of months. And then it was on special occasions. And then it was excuse after excuse after excuse. So although my dad was a dynamic human being, um, he was also a raging alcoholic. Mm. And alcoholics, even when they're dry or when they're clean, you should say, fall into patterns. And those patterns are as excuses, uh, mistruths, if you will, lies. That's another word for it. And uh, it was a constant struggle of, of having to to adjust to his Non-truths, and uh, that kind of kind of messed me up a little bit psychologically. I still have some dad issues, even though he's been gone. He's you know he died about uh, fifteen years ago or so, um, but he actually inspires me too. He inspires me in a couple of fashions. Number one is that he was boisterous. He had this baritone voice that when he walked into a place, they all knew he was there. Mm-hmm. So I did learn how to just be in the presence, you know, to be known, be, be it known that I was there. Um, And uh, so, you know, being bold and and being willing to put myself out there, I learned that from my dad. Uh, I learned how to be variable by my mom, Uh, you know, how to, you know, suit the the variations that are out there. So I did learn that from him. You know, we had uh, basically parted ways semi-permanently when I was 17 years old. No, actually when I was 16 years old, no, 17 years old, I was a professional cyclist for about four, four and a half years. I went to the Olympic trials in 88 and I was actually Kenny Carpenter's alternate in 88, uh, for the Korean Olympics. So, well, the, uh, not the Korean Olympics, but the Olympics that were held in Seoul, Korea. And uh, when I told him that I'd qualified, you know, for that, that contest, you know, it was, uh, Oh, that's great. That's good news. And no, no consequence. How did you do none of those follow-up calls, nothing. Uh, so I wrote him a pretty heartfelt letter that, uh, basically let him know that, you know, I didn't need him to be part of my life anymore. So I would say that from an inspirational standpoint, I did learn a lot from him. From another inspiration, I learned a lot from my mother, seeing her struggle as a single mother with three kids, working job to job, sometimes multiple jobs at a time, you know, battling whether she can sleep, trying to provide for her kids, you know, and it wasn't always successful. I mean, there were times when we didn't get to eat, times when it was, uh, we were sleeping in sleeping bags uh, because, you know, in Michigan winters, it gets cold and, you know, we couldn't keep the heat on, you know, so I've learned to be humble and to appreciate the things that I do have. But another thing that I learned from her was uh, one of these points, and that is that you have to not only appreciate what you have, but appreciate that you don't need it in your life, to not be as very materialistic, okay? So I do appreciate nice things. I have a tendency of not wanting a lot of baubles or things in my life. I prefer high-quality items. I'd rather save up for that heirloom piece of furniture than just a piece of junk that you know we're gonna throw away or replace every three or four years. So philosophically, that's kind of how I how I how I uh, subscribe to life. When it comes to what makes me walk down the pathway every day and and live a straight life, I've got a couple philosophies. Number one, don't be in jail. I make it a daily goal to not do anything that would ever wind me up living in jail because it just looks miserable. I, I don't I don't care. Yeah, you get three squares. The temperature is probably appropriate. But uh, I really don't want to shower with a bunch of guys. And you know, and, and to be honest with you, I want to be able to tell, I want to be able to leave whenever I want to. I don't want to be confined into a tiny little room. So yeah, that's, that's step one is to not be in prison. Step two is that I, I've, I'm a firm believer in kind of one of the Buddhist takes, which is to not tread on other people. So enjoy your life, pursue your happinesses without treading on others. Uh, you know, when you're treading on others and you know using their shoulders and their head as stepping stones to move up to your next position in a company or to move uh, in in society, I think that's a major major flaw in someone's personality. So, I make that my second tenant, if you will, of ways to live. What has a, a moment in my life that's uh, that's inspired me to change my life? When I was in the United States Marine Corps, obviously, snipers are not known for humanitarian efforts. We're basically assigned to get rid of a target. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I spent about a year and a half in Africa. And my year and a half in Africa, I learned something very poignant that sticks with me to this day. That so many people that had literally nothing, and this is mostly Eastern Africa. This was during Operation Restore Hope in Somalia. uh, But so many people there had nothing. They, They lived in, they would stretch a tarp over a bush, and then they would use that area as their place to sleep at night. Um, They didn't have any belongings like we have. They don't have TV. They didn't have running water, electricity, none of that stuff they had. So when they had all that nothing, but what I would keep seeing every day is people walking around with smiles on their face. And why were there smiles on their face? You know why? Because they weren't beating themselves up to pay a mortgage. They weren't clocking in, clocking out a job they hated doing to make sure that they could buy the newest Nikes for their kid. You know, it all came down to is it was just simple family time. So that is definitely a moment when I kind of just it's set in stone in me that you don't need to have all the stuff. You can literally live and just be a happy person just by your experience with your fellow person. So that was definitely a moment there. What else do we got? What are where are we at here?
0: So where do you look when you're like struggling to find inspiration just on like a general basis? Just some day to day kind of like bad Monday situation.
1: It's funny that you say bad Monday. So I don't really have bad Mondays. I am a firm believer that if you enjoy what you're doing at work, you mm-hmm. will, you'll, you're, you're living. So I do enjoy what I do. Um, and I don't necessarily dread going to work. There are times when I can get down, but I get down more just all the, the crud and the stuff that's out there, you know, just all the, the things you see in the news that are just bad. Mm-hmm that can just drag me down. You know, it's like, man, how can humanity get like this? So I'll tell you what brings me back up. What brings me back up is seeing individuals that go out of their way to be more human than what's even called upon them. So a good example is my friend KT (laughs) was on a podcast with me where we were talking to homemade and Scott Larson, the CEO of homemade actually said something along the lines of, um, you don't know what being human is until you plant a shade tree that you'll never get to enjoy yourself. And I truly do believe in that. I think that the actions that we have on a daily basis shouldn't be about self-serving. They should be about things that you, sure, that you can enjoy yourself, but that others will also benefit from. So when you picked up the ball and ran with that, yeah, you don't have $50,000 to donate to homemade, but you know what you did have? You had time. You had 20, 30, 40 bucks or whatever it costs to go get the supplies to put in those bags. And you went around and you gave, not homeless people, people or humans that are experiencing homelessness. Okay. You gave them their personal care bags, which was fantastic. You had some bottles of water in there, toothpaste, toothbrushes, deodorant, uh, tampons. There's, there's some other items some in there too.
0: apple sauce, some beef jerky. And I put a little note that said, you got this.
1: I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, when I see stuff like that, it gives me that kind of uplift that I need in my day to know that there are people out there that actually do care. You know, we're not all out there just punching the clock. We're not out there trying to, you know, Rob Peter paid Paul. We're not out there trying to step on somebody else to elevate ourselves. I, that, that's my motivation. <laughs> I don't really get it. I don't get it out of books like most people do. I get it out of action. You know, a lot of people can say, oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. But that's a need to. The difference is is the do's, you know, do this. When I see somebody out there picking up the garbage along the side of a freeway, you know, that counteracts. It doesn't completely counteract, but it, it counterbalances the people that literally flick cigarette butts out their car window as if the world is their ashtray. And it's that, that added human factor that people can be positive and not negative. That's well, what brings me up.
0: Oh, thank you. I seriously that I don't I just had six bags and I just spent as much as I could at Dollar General. And when I went out and delivered, I was actually kind of nervous because I didn't want to like, offend them or like, annoy them. So one time, I literally just like, dropped it by and ran away really fast. And he was asleep. And so like, I really hope when he woke up that he just like, it just made his day. And I'm sure it did. And one time, this lady, she was just like, thank you so much. Like, I seriously haven't had a tampon and like, three four months and i was like oh like i just take that for granted something so little when
1: you hear somebody say something like shouldn't that person just go get a job it's like do you know what it costs to get a job it costs money to get a job you have to have a place to shower you have to have a place to you know to clean your clothes and to be presentable you have to have have clothes to to
0: wear yeah
1: professional looking clothes at least appropriate for the job you're looking for you have to have a phone so they can contact you to even get the job if you don't have a computer a lot of jobs nowadays, you have to do it on a website. So it's not as easy as just go get a job. And then if they have children, you can compound it even more mm-hmm. to where childcare costs money. You know, all these things cost money. So it's not as easy as just go get a job. Yeah. It really isn't. So yeah, to, I think that when we're willing to help our fellow human, that inspires me more than anything on this planet. There's no motivation book out there. There's no motivational speaker out there that can motivate me more than seeing somebody else doing a kind act for somebody else. So,
0: that's great.
1: I do who have a favorite it? movie. That favorite movie is Harold and Maude.
0: Okay. Uh, Maude.
1: That that was a movie that came out way before you were born. It's actually from 1971. Yeah. Ruth Gordon. It's a little story about a coming of age kid who is from the family a very well to do family who befriends while well, his his hobby is going to funerals, and one, uh, while he's at one of these funerals, funerals he meets this elderly gal, and. I don't want to ruin the whole story, but basically he falls in love with her and he learns about enjoying life. And, and I look at that movie a lot, not only for inspiration on just how to be simple and how to love, but mm-hmm. how to live, man, you know, just, you know, that Ruth Gordon character, uh, you know, Maud, she just lived, you know, she literally lived each day just to breathe, you know, just to take it in and exhale it out. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And then from there, the soundtrack is by Cat Stevens, another artist that predates you. Although he's still around today, I think. I think he's uh, he converted to Islam and probably changed his music focus a little tiny bit. But he was a, a singer-songwriter in the 60s and 70s. And he did the soundtrack to that movie. And there's a song on there called Trouble. And it's about, you know, trouble that sets you free. It's not about being in trouble. It's about the happenstance in life that can give you trouble. And how you can utilize that to set your set your mind free your soul free whatever you want to set free uh that's a beautiful song so that is definitely a song that i listen to when i just want to kind of reset trouble by cat stevens
0: okay i will definitely check both of those out for sure all right i have this long list of shows constantly adding to it but for sure thank you so much for all of your inspiration and seriously I look up to you and Greg, and I love the opportunity of working with you on the Home Builder Digital Marketing Podcast. Be sure to check that out if you have not. So yeah, thank you.
1: Well, it was my pleasure. I appreciate your time today, KT.
0: All right. Well, that is it for this week. And I would love to have you tell a friend about this podcast. And you can help me share these inspirational stories by rating and reviewing the quest for new inspiration on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. If you have a question or an inspirational story you'd like to share, you can send them my way. You can send me a message on Instagram at quest for new inspiration or email me at new inspiration at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and be sure to join me next time.